Welcome to the Shir in Lakotasikis Chelak Tesva Vayishtach Aleph. This Sikha, the Rebbe explores the Oymikapshak, not only of a particular Rashi, but really through the entire story of Yaakov and Esav, in particular Yaakov's preparations for seeing and for meeting up with Esav, and across many different points, understanding the Pshat of this story, doing so through a particular Rashi, the Rebbe asks a range of questions, 11 to 13 questions, depending how you count on almost every word of the Rashi, and thus re, uh, redefines and learns new messages and new meanings and new insights in the entire story. In order to understand the Sikha, though, we really have to revisit the entire timeline and the story of Yaakov and Esau. So let's do that together. Yaakov is 63 years old when he receives the Birchas Yitzchak, Yitzchak's brachas. At that time, Esau becomes very angry, very upset, and he wants to kill Yaakov. Rivka knows about this, Beruach HaKodesh, and Rivka tells Yaakov to go to Haran to her brother Lavan, where he should remain until Esau calms down, at which point, Rivka says she will send word and tell Yaakov to come back. On Yaakov's way towards Chara, he goes, uh, he, he's at Hara Maria, he, has, he goes to sleep, he has the vision of the ladder, and Hashem promises him the promise, I am with you, and I will guard you, and I will not forsake you until you come back, promising Yaakov secure, personal security. 34 years in total have passed. Yaakov is now, uh, already has four wives, 11 shvatim. And Rivka had sent Devoira, her wet nurse, with the message to Yaakov that Esau is not as angry anymore. It's not as dangerous anymore. His life is not in such grave danger as it was. And it's time to come home. Prior to coming home, Yaakov again has a revelation from the Ebeshter, and before he faces off with Lavan, and they, again the Ebeshter tells him, Shuv go back to the land of your forefathers, and I will be with you. Again, a message of security. As Yaakov is heading home, now he, he feels that Esav is less of a threat. He got the message that it's time to come. Things are a little bit more relaxed. And Yaakov sends angels towards Esav with a conciliatory message. The angels return. And the angels say, you are, have been referring to Esav as your brother. You feel already that there's brotherhood over here. Not so fast. Esav is still Esav. And he's marching towards you with 400 men. Yaakov is now afraid. Afraid that he might get killed. And he is pained that he might need to kill. What does Yaakov do? So it says, He divides the people who are with him. And... Uh, and all of the cattle that he has, into two camps. And Yaakov says, If 
Esav comes to one camp and strikes it. The remaining camp will be, Lefleta will be, will, uh, will escape. Then, after this division in the two camps, Yaakov davens to Hashem, invoking the two promises that Hashem told him. One promise when he leaves towards Chara, and the other promise when he returns right before meeting Lama, and Hashem gives him promises of security. Then, Yaakov prepares a rather large gift. He does so begrudgingly, upset that he has to give it, but he prepares a rather large gift for Esau. In the middle of that night, Yaakov crosses his family and his belongings across the Yabek River, Brook. But we know that he does so in two groups. He crosses his family, it says, and then it says, and he crosses everything that he owns, he, crosses, he brings over his possessions separately, which we'll come back to. In the morning, Yaakov sees Esav approaching, and he divides his family up amongst their birth mothers in the four groups, the Shvaches and their children, Leah and her children, Rachel and Yosef. Yaakov ultimately meets Esav. Esav is moved. The meeting goes rather well. And the end of the story is when Mashiach will come. There'll be a complete reconciliation and a complete hala, uh, a complete transformation by Yaakov of that's the timeline and the story. Now let's go to this sikh, to the Pasuk that the sikh and, and the Rashi that the sikh is on. So, while after being afraid, having sent the messengers, having tried to send a conciliatory message, didn't work out. So, Yaakov is afraid. So uh, then it says he divides up into two groups. If Esav will come to one camp and strike it down, the remaining camp will escape. Okay. Says Rashi. The remaining camp will escape. Against Esav's will. In other words, for sure they will escape. Rashi's not like the Avanezer, others say that he divides them into two camps, perhaps the second camp will escape. The Hoya and the second camp will escape al against Esau's will. Why? How will it? Because Yaakov says, because I will fight against Esau. I'll fight against Esau. I will wage war with him. And now Rashi says a new point. Hiskin Atzmoi, Yaakov perfected himself. He not only prepared himself, but his king. He actually was misaking himself. He corrected himself. He perfected himself. For three matters. For appeasement and for giving a gift. Doiron literally means giving a gift. For prayer. And to wage war with Esau. And then Rashi brings Psukim to support each one of these three uh, matters that Yaakov prepares himself for, he prepares himself to give a gift, like it says, the mincha uh, passed out before him, like the prayer, like we say, that Yaakov invokes, the God of my father Avram, 
And for war, like it says clearly, like we learned in this pasuk, the third camp will be uh, will remain, will escape because, like we said, because I will wage war because I will fight with Yaakov. Like I said, the Rebbe asks questions on almost every single word in this Rashi. There is uh, eleven questions plus other questions, suggested answers, and questions on those. So I'm. We're not going to go into all of these questions, but let's just go into uh, a couple of them. The big, the, the, the general three kind of general groups, categories of questions. Number one, why, why is this, this Rashi altogether? The second camp will be, will be uh, escape. So Rashi says, Al Korche, against Esav's will, because I will fight with him, because you'll fight with him, will surely escape. What, what is Rashi saying? How does Yaakov have the assurance that it's going, that, that because he will wage war, they're going to escape? How is he so sure? Number two, what's the connection of the second half of Rashi? Yaakov prepared for three eventualities. What is it all about? Why is it connected to the beginning? Why, uh, what, uh, you know, what is Rashi saying that doesn't say clearly the Psukim, seemingly the Psukim seem to say like this. The Rebbe goes on and talks about why the Psukim that Rashi brings to support. There's other versions, other Gisai. So a very, very uh, detailed or, or multi-dimensional question about what is this whole second half of the Rashi, the idea that Yaakov prepares for the three eventualities. What is that doing here in this Rashi? And number three, which is a, a very powerful and a um, very foundational question is if we look in the Pesukim, in the simple reading of the Pesukim, Yaakov divides the camp. He's afraid. He's afraid. He's afraid. He's in pain. What does he do? He divides the camp. And then he davens. Yaakov, you know, I mean, a regular yid, what happens? You're afraid. You're afraid, you daven. You daven and then you take action. You daven, the first thing you daven the why does Yaakov divide his camp and then he davens to uh, and then he davens to Hashem? So here the Rabbi, like I said, goes into the Omic Shat and deals with this whole story. What happened that let's what happened at the beginning of Parshas Vayishlach? Parshas Vayishlach began that Yaakov was under the impression that Esau is his brother. What did he do? He just sent mess- angels with a conciliatory message. Why? He didn't begin with prayer. He didn't begin, Vayishlach doesn't begin with Yaakov davening to the Ebeshter. Vayishlach begins with Yaakov under the assumption um, the Vayra had come and the Vayra had brought Rivka's message that it's not so dangerous anymore. He's not your brother. So that's how Vayishlach begins. The messengers come back and the messengers say, no, 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 he ain't your brother. You think he's your brother? He's marching with 400 men. At this point, Yaakov divides his, 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 uh, his, his group into two camps. And here the Rebbe brings a Chiddush. Generally we learn that he divided them into two camps. You don't, you know, you divide, divide the family, divide the kids, divide the woman, so that if Yaesim attacks one camp, at least the others will attack. Put Leia in one camp, Rachel in the other camp. That's how we understand the story. So the Rebbe says, wait a second, if you look in the Psukim, clearly that wasn't the division. Because 
when Yaakov crossed two proofs, when Yaakov crossed the, uh, the, the camps later on that night, it says clearly, he crossed his wives and his, his children, and then it says, and he, then it says, and he crossed all that was, that, all of his belongings. So one group that he crosses is his wives and his children, and the other group is the belongings. So what are the two camps? The two camps are obviously the woman and the children. And separately he crosses the belongings. Another proof that the two that in the two camps is not a two separate groups of the woman and children is because when they ultimately meet Asaph, it says that Yaakov the next morning subdivides his camp, his children, among the four mothers. They're all together. And Asaph sees all four of them. Uh, mothers and their children all at the same time. So they're all in one camp. So what are the two camps that Yaakov right away divides into? The two camps are, he divides his his wives and his children into the one camp with himself. And he divides his belongings into the other camp. And this he does before he dies. Because this isn't just a strategic tactic. This is a preparation for the prayer. Preparation for his davening. Why? Because what is his tefillah? What's his davening? In his davening, he evokes, Elikei of Yavram, he evokes that Abishir, you told me two lies. Once when I was going towards Lavan, and once when I left Lavan, you told me that you're going to provide protection. In other words, Yaakov himself is promised that he's going to come home. And in that promise, it's included, it's self-understood. It doesn't just mean Yaakov the man, but Yaakov the family. Yaakov, his wives, his children, they all have Hashem's assurance that they're going to come home. So Yaakov divides into one camp all of those who have Hashem's assurance. And in a separate camp, he divides all of his belongings because they don't have a promise from the Ebeshter that they're going to come home. So preparation for his prayer, he divides them up, and then he evokes. He says, listen, Ebishter. He davens, and he evokes that prayer, evoking both the merit for the camp that has Hashem's assurance, Hashem's promise, and separately for the camp that uh, doesn't have Hashem's, for his belongings, that they should also all all come safely. Now that we're Mechadish, which by the way, Dabar Brunel says clearly that these are the two camps, Unlike other Mepharshim, but the Rebbe brings it in the Pshutah Shemikra that obviously they're two separate camps because they all met Esav at the same time. So the, the, so the two camps are the belongings versus the, versus the family. And so now that he divides them up, and now he davens to the Now he davens to the And in his davening and in his preparation and in his readiness, he is so confident in the family's escape. Why is he confident? Like Rashi says, that Vahoya, it will be for sure, Hamachana Anishar, this, this camp, the camp that will remain, Lefleta, the camp of the family, they will be assured they will be safe. Why? How is he so sure? So yeah, Rashi explains because Hiskin Atzmoy. Because though in the beginning of the story, Yaakov is perhaps afraid. Yaakov is upset. 
But Yaakov actually doesn't only prepare himself, doesn't say, Yaakov is not preparing himself for different eventualities. He perfects himself. He changes himself. He brings himself up to a state of knowing, of being ready for any eventuality that's going to become. Lidoran, of course, his first, his predisposition, in the beginning of the whole story, appeasement, he was ready to, to, uh, to have, you know, to, to make peace with Esau. He's upset that he has to send all of these gifts. He thought that it would be a little easier. In the beginning, he just sent a message. So Yaakov is actually upset. Rashi tells us he's upset that he has to send the gifts. But he's kinatzmai, but he perfects him, he gets over, he works on himself, and he actually, and he sends the gifts. Litfila. He prepares himself for tefillah. Yes, he's somewhat afraid. Yes, Yaakov has this sense of Shema Yigre Machet. Maybe because of the Chet, uh, I, 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 I'm not deserving anymore. But again, Yaakov perfects himself. He, he strengthens himself to have the confidence in the two Haftachas and the two promises that Hashem gave him. And even if his tefillah is answered, in such a way that he will have to go to war because sometimes we're delivered in supernatural ways. Sometimes we're delivered in ways that we have to go through the natural, we have to go through war. Even if he's going to have to go to war, even though naturally Yaakov is afraid of war, Yaakov is pained by the prospect of having to kill. But he's skinatsma, but he perfects, he, he works on himself. He says, no, no, whatever it's going to take, I'm going to do whatever it's going to take. If Hashem wants war, war. And he's, and he's in that mode. He's in that, he changes it. Now that Yaakov is in that state, so he can say with confidence, if I'm willing to give it my all, if I've perfected my, myself, if I've brought myself to the stage of of full confidence in the Ebeshter, of, of, Doing of being able to appease uh, or even being able to go to war, I know I am confident that the Abishta's promise is indeed going to going to happen and it's going to and, and, and indeed we will be delivered. Thus Yaakov prepared for all three eventualities all at once. It, the Rebbe brings a beautiful hero. Tzemach Tzedek says that you know, when you go to war, you have to gang up against the enemy. In other words, you have to gang up means from Allah's item, from, you have to come together and you have to gang up on this, strategically on this one enemy. And that's how you're going to win the war. And thus, we find that when Yaakov was going towards Lavan, so he came to the well, and they told him, We have to all gather together to roll the rock off the well. And the Tzamech Tzedek explains, because we have, to, we have to roll all together to roll the rock. We have to all together gang up. Three different groups have to come together. And in Avedis Hashem, that means in order to overcome the Yetzer, a person has to focus and has to gang up all of his three uh, meters. His Ava, his love for Hashem, his Yira, his fear of the Ebster, his Rachamim, he has to gang it all up and on this particular enemy. So just as Yaakov has, gets this message as he prepares to meet Lava, he gets the message of ganging up 
Oh, and he sees and, and he reveals in, his, in himself. He, he rolls the rock himself. He himself brings out the three different groups that would normally be needed to roll the rock off the well. Ava, Yira, and Racham. So too, when it comes to meeting Esau, Yaakov gangs up. He lifts himself. He prepares for all three eventualities at the same time. He, for, he prepares for the eventuality of chesed, of being kind, of being compassionate, of being giving, of diplomacy, of gifts. He prepares for the eventuality of gura, of war, prepares for racham, he prepares, he prepares his divine connection. And though it is very, very hard, almost impossible, conflicting emotions, but he's kinatzmai, but he, he perfects himself. He lifts himself up from being in a certain state, in a, in, in a certain stage of emotion. And rather, he is fully prepared. And the, rabbi, and, and the message, of course, is that when we are out and we want to save the Yid, every Yiddish child, we can't go just with one cow, with what comes natural to us or what looks right to us. But we need to perfect ourselves, we need to lift ourselves up, we need to gang up, and we need to be committed to reach that point that whatever emotion it will take, whether we'll take our chesed, whether we'll take our rachamim, whether we'll take our, 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 our gvura, we are all there. And thus, Yaakov goes with great confidence towards meeting Esav, and indeed we can be confident in our ability to meet the challenges of the Yitzhahara, and of course the cha- and we could, to meet the call to bring every Yid home.